Jesus said some really absurd things in the Gospels, if we're honest. And one of the most absurd things that he ever said was here in Matthew 6. Re re read with me. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. On its face, this seems like one of the most absurd things Jesus ever said. Of course we should give anxiety a place in our life, because isn't that how society moves forward? What type of society could function if it wasn't concerned about its clothing, if it wasn't concerned about its next meal or its shelter? What type of society could this be? On its face, it seems absurd. But Jesus is getting at something here that I think is really unique and really helpful for those of us who are wrestling with anxiety, especially in 2020. So what, what is anxiety? Uh, one of my favorite authors, his, uh, his name was John Webster, said that anxiety is the, is the dark shadow of the uniquely human capacity to hope. That as humans, we have this unique capacity to look into the future and to fill out the gaps that we don't know with some sense of ambition or hope, but anxiety is the dark shadow of that. Instead, with anxiety, we look into the future and see nothing but dread. Nothing but terror and tragedy. Anxiety is the dark shadow of our capacity to hope. And what does anxiety do to us? Anxiety spins us into activity. And anxiety is this, uh, it kind of contorts our soul into this deformity of a frenetic ball of stress and ball of energy, constantly feeling like we got to figure out the next step. We got to figure out how we're going to have control in order to calm this sense in me that the future is filled with dread, that I have to do something, that I have to, I have to take hold of something, or we get numb and we just totally quit because we know there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I'm going to be able to accomplish that's really going to soothe this piece of my soul so that I would no longer be anxious. Anxiety contorts our soul. It deforms us into a frenetic, worn-out ball of stress. And I don't have to tell you that. You know that. You feel that in your guts. But anxiety, maybe even worst of all, does say something false about God. Anxiety dress rehearses the unfaithfulness of God. I say, you know, a dress rehearsal. It's when you're, it's when you're actually, you know, in theater, when you're, you're putting it on, but the, the real thing's not really happening. But you're just kind of getting ready. You're making sure that you're able to do the show. 
And for us with anxiety, what we're doing is we are dress rehearsing the unfaithfulness of God. We think that we have to get ready for God to not come through. We think that we have to get ourselves ready for how God is not going to show up. It says something false about God. It says that God is unfaithful. It says that God is unaware and inattentive or unable. And if there's anything that the Bible shows, my friends, it is not a God who is inactive, who is inattentive and unable. Rather, we have a faithful God who sees, who knows, who cares. We don't believe in a deistic God who just kind of let the world run and now we got to figure this whole thing out. But we have a God who is imminent with his creation and sees the need. That's what Matthew 6 is saying, that he even he feeds the birds of the air. He clothes the lilies of the field. He's aware of every minutia of creation. He's aware of what it needs. And so what can we do? What, what can we take with the faithfulness of God? and have it calm our anxiety. Two, two I think, kind of ways we take the faithfulness of God and, and can be soothed and helped. First is to see what Jesus is kind of getting at here about the language of kingdom. That Jesus is saying that there has come into the world a new kingdom that is existing because of the sheer fact of Jesus Christ. That we trust the faithfulness of God because He has brought into, in the person of Jesus, He has inserted into the world a new order, a new kingdom at which Jesus is the helm. Jesus is the reason we can trust the faithfulness of God. No longer is this world, if God's kingdom has come into the world, no longer is this world a place in which I must bear the burden of ensuring that I survive physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, socially. No longer is it a place that I'm alone. Without God's kingdom, anxiety makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense and I would have to get everything under control. But if there's a new kingdom, that is, that, that the environment of that kingdom is a faithful God, we can have rest. We can believe that this place is no longer, this world is no longer the place in, in which I must ensure that I survive, but rather it is, it is the place that I now encounter the faithful God, His kingdom. Not only that, but if God is faithful, if the kingdom has come in Jesus Christ, then that means that the core piece of anxiety we can let go of, which is the desire for control. So that first piece of God's kingdom coming into the world, it kind of it soothes our uh, emotional sense that we're not alone, that we're helped, that this is the place in which God's kingdom is moving forward by the sheer fact of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God first. That's what matters. That's what's going to give you peace. But also, on the, on the, on the gut level, the faithfulness of God addresses our anxiety. You see, a lot of people uh, address anxiety by trying to confront the fact that they don't have control. But that doesn't work. That doesn't do anything. What good is it to know that you don't have control if you still want it? 
But if you have a faithful God, if you have the Father of lavish grace that Jesus describes here in Matthew 6, no longer do you just have to admit that you don't have control, but you can actually not want it any longer. You can defer to Him in faith. And faith is not the embrace of something against evidence. That in itself becomes a sickness by itself. But faith is the deeply settled state of our soul that we will let God be God. We will let God be faithful in His controlling of the world, in His moving our life forward and helping us. If we can sit back into that, we can have peace. Anxiety says something false about God. Anxiety in itself is... If, if the Father of lavish grace that Jesus describes here is true, anxiety itself is a type of illusion. It says that we are alone. It says that we have to figure it out. That's an illusion if we have a Father of lavish grace. It says anxiety says something false about reality. It doesn't measure up to what's really true. So if we can let our souls settle in to the faithfulness of God, if we can rest there and have that settled state of our soul that we will let God be God because He's the one who's good at it, not me, then we can have peace. We can move out of, stretch out of that contortion of the soul into a frenetic ball of stress. We can move out of that. Our shoulders can drop. Your shoulders tense right now? Our shoulders can drop in the faithfulness of God. Trusting that I don't have to figure it out. I'm not alone. And not only do I not have control, but I don't want it. <laughs> I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. That's the way of peace, friends.